It's another week. It's another episode of Cincy Brewcast. Although it's really weird for me since I just published last week's show this morning. It's and it's next week, but it's not next week. It's very odd for me. <laughs> but we're back. It's it's another week. It's Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. We are back at Listerman. It's been well, year-ish. Does that sound about right? Sounds about right, yeah. Um, since more? we were here. It's, it's probably more, because I know that you guys were in the middle of um, this rebirth of what it means to be at Listerman's Taproom, if, that, if that's a good way to word it. Um, so it was, it was, it's was. it been a little while. I mean, you guys have been um, at this stage for more than a year, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Two years? Uh, two-ish, two ish, a year and a half, some crap like that. Yeah. As usual, I could just pull up the notes, but I'm just—it's too many clicks. <laughs> Jesus, there. Hardest making, ma- hardest working man in journalism, right there. <laughs> I don't consider it journalism uh, what I do. It's uh, no. drinking and then telling people what I drink. I think that's more <laughs> accurate. Andy Foltz, welcome back. Um, Thanks, Nam. <laughs> I, d- I didn't know we were doing a pod tonight. I just saw the weather and assumed it was Volksfest. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> or any festival up here, for that matter. Magnificent Andy and everyone. <laughs> um, and, of course, Jason and Jared from Listerman. Um, we what will uh, pick your brains of all things... Um, all things hazy, all things stouty, all things all things Listerman. Cool. Is that, is that the, the two ends of the spectrum right now? And then there's do, the sour thing too. coming through. We, we, we do loggers, I swear. There is one logger <laughs> up there right now. Two. Uh, there's two. Yeah. There's the grape logger, which yeah. I should have uh, one chilling in the cooler I in the back. I can read the, the chalk from here. Oh, the, yeah. The grape one. Um, we do have a fight sitting in front of us, which we'll get to in a minute. And this first one, I'm assuming that's the sherbet beer. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Because it looks like. <laughs> I like how you pronounce it correctly as well. I, it's, it's an extreme. Um, I have to I have to focus really hard to pronounce it the quote unquote correct way. <laughs> <laughs> sherbet. <laughs> so, how have things been going at Listerman lately? <sighs> what day is it? Uh, <laughs> I think today's Monday. Today is Monday. Yeah, no, today's today's fine. Uh, it's, it's no, no, okay today's today. Monday. You guys, you guys, you guys do more releases than anybody else in the city as far as taproom exclusive can releases, right? I mean, am I That's missing me. somebody that no. does more? Um, how I, I hear a lot of people on different ends of the spectrum with that now. Of there's some people that are kind of starting to rebel against that almost, and like ah, I, I don't I don't care about it anymore. I'll just I'll just get it at uh <laughs> I'll just I'll just get it if it's something that uh, that ends up in distro. We're, or something we're five like minutes in and no Marty drove off one of the guests. <laughs> That's outstanding work. Very I didn't efficient. Say I was saying that. I said I've heard people saying that. Do you guys see any of that here, or um, is this a case of kind of that that vocal minority thing of people just always wanting to uh, rebel against whatever is? I don't know normal. if it's so much a rebellion versus you know what's convenient for them because we do a lot of releases, so I understand. It's not like we used to do one or two a month. It's like every week something's coming out, and you know, barrels are ready when barrels are ready. So we right. can't just say, uh, you know, we can't schedule our, our release schedule a year out. You know, it's just ready when they are, and you know, I get it. I, you don't, I don't expect you to come here for every release. Um, you know, so it's, I understand, and we, we really do try our best, and 
figure out how to spread these out. Uh, we had an hour discussion on how to uh, do releases next week. We got five beers and cans coming out 4th of July week, and 4th of July's right in the middle of there. So how do we, what do we do? Um, so it's just, you know, we spend a lot more time than I think people think about trying to figure out when to release all these beers. When it has become part of the experience of Listerman is that release experience. There's there again, there aren't a lot of breweries that have been able to capture some of that release magic too. If that's a, if that's a thing, release magic, I don't know. Um, there are other places that have done canned releases, series of canned releases, and it's never quite captured that same thing that happens. Was that a train? <laughs> That's the magic going through the room right there. <laughs> Is that a steam engine? <laughs> the, Stand here? The, the, uh, the, 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 I've completely lost my train of thought now. I am so the, tired of these motherfucking <laughs> beers on this motherfucking train. <laughs> wasn't that a sequel to the Snakes on wasn't there I, Snakes I on wish. And I, I Samuel L. Jackson, if you're listening, I make it happen. In it, but I think I'm pretty sure that was a sequel. So I should, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to Google it, but I'm, I'm 99% sure that movie you, exists. You won't click on the show. You won't Google. I mean, what the hell good are you over there now? I'm wow. still trying to get back to my train of thought of where I was going with um, so Train the, of thought. The, 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 there's not a lot of places that have been able to capture that, that magic of what it means to have taproom releases and I don't know why it's worked so well here is it is there something that you can kind of point at that says this is why it works here one why it does not work at maybe other places well first of all our brew team Told you. snakes on a train does exist <laughs> 2006 oh, Jesus baby. where see, have I been see that that's what happens when you actually google something now yes uh, yes first part of why I think it's so successful is that we've had, we have a hell of a brew team here. So, you know, we have the guys here are making world-class beer, and I would put most of our beer up against most of beers in any city right. in the world, really. And so that's a, that's a big part. You just can't have hyper-releases and not have, um, not that we ever call them hyper-releases, but you can't have those releases that, you know, tons of people come to with a beer's garbage. You know, that's just not, not going to happen. So it's mainly on the brew team making those excellent beers. Um, I also think it's kind of our culture here and how we treat our customers. You know, we want to treat our, we like to treat our customers how we want to be treated. So trying to make their release day experience, you know, the best that it it can be, you know, if they don't want to sit around and have beers, you know, making sure that line goes, goes by fast. So as soon as 10 o'clock hits, you know, they're in and out in 10 minutes. They don't want to sit around. Is that a thing? I guess people have things to do on Saturdays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I don't know. They got stuff to do apparently. Um, so I think it's a, it's a blend, you know, it's, it's obviously first and foremost the brew team, but, you know, just treating every release with the customer in mind, how can we make it a great experience for them um, from start to finish is what really separates us from a lot of people on our releases. Well, I think it's important to remember, too, that when Listerman did start brewing, it was taproom releases. It was not the, what it is now. That, that didn't exist at that time, especially here in Cincinnati. But it, you, you came into the supply store and you picked up your bombers and took them home with you. Like That was how this whole thing started. So I think it, it's been part of the culture from day one and just kind of shifted and grown and turned into like, like everything here. It's just it's this constant state of like flux of becoming what it was what it's supposed to be but nobody knew at the time what it was supposed to be I guess right. if that makes sense it's just it's, it's, it's a very fun place to kind of watch as it grows oh yeah it's a very organic growth I mean no one had a plan 
ever. No one, place. no one had a plan ever for this place, and it's just we had the right people, the right times coming in and doing things, and now we're now we're here. Started from the bottom. <laughs> yeah, hear that, Drake? We, we, we need to drink some beer. From the beer fridge. Um, I can't see which ones are which here, so somebody has to guide us towards how we uh, drink through these. Just pick one up and start. Uh, do you want to start hard or do you want to start soft? I like to start soft and get hard. All right, let's get some uh, <laughs> bowl crusher. Get some bowl crusher going. I'll get you hard. Don't worry. Oh, Lord. Andy, come on. There should be some kind of witty remark there. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> but you're right. That's why you pay me the big money. I- <laughs> that's right. So bowl crusher is... Is that the Fruity Pebble one? Correct. Yeah, that's our collaboration with Bramari. Um, love you, Gary. Um, oh, that's nice. What up, Gary? I know and, you're listening. Uh, yeah, totally listening. Comes in at the end more. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. No, I definitely. Oh, but I love the I love the tartness there. I mean, that's the perfect level for me. A lot. I mean, so it, it's brewed with uh, peel, a bunch of peels alongside. Uh, we used God, 50, 75 pounds cereal. Oh, a lot of cereal. It was stupid. Um, it, oh my god, that thing was a sponge. It absorbed so much volume out of this. It was I hate I hated it. I was like, what is happening? Um, but yeah, um, it does really kind of uh, profile itself at the very end, which uh, mm-hmm. is really really nice because it lets the beer kind of do its thing. And at the very end, you get that that kind of like boom, pretty pebbles, kind of what what you mm-hmm. uh, that was the ticket you bought, and then there you go. Well, it's right not, at the end. It, it's not over the top <laughs> though. Like there's you yes. know when I hear fruity pebble beer, my mind goes back to when I you know first started on my craft journey and Line and Kugels has that uh, uh, the, the, the one of the might as well finish summer, it right yeah why not I had one the uh, summer something or other summer yeah. shandy no, no 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 that's that's the easy one no it's something else like sunset wheat it. sunset wheat there sunset you go. wheat um, that's what you're talking about and it tastes like fruity pebbles yes. but I don't think that was the intention of it but it's 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 over the top it just smacks you upside the head yeah. and that's all you taste whereas this has um, it's a beer first and foremost. And well, it's kind of it's a damn solid. That's a Berliner, correct? Yep. Damn solid Berliner to start with. So, you know, you get that flavor at the end. That's kind of a bonus. Um, you can finish it. I had one last week. Oh, I couldn't wait. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> nice. Hey, I had I can't. I had to come in and try that in the Pride last week when they. Yeah. Had, so if you guys ever, you know, I'm sure people go down to Asheville all the time. Go visit Bramori. They're a bunch of the best people that you can possibly meet on the face of the mm-hmm. planet and they make great beer and have great food and if you want you can have cake for dinner I did stop at Bramari when I was down there last upon recommendation from Listerman I had to come back because I couldn't get a seat when I went there the first time because it was so freaking busy Yep. but they were one of the ones that was open late which is uh, not a normal thing yeah they party <laughs> the, they party there so we managed to sneak in <laughs> later and um, it was it was pretty awesome um this is a, a perfect example of taking this 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 Listerman thing. You guys, and correct me if I'm wrong. You you've become known, especially on the stout side, for big adjunct sweet stouts. I don't uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Who says that? And this kind of captures some of that uh, some of that personality that is to me very Listerman and 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 puts it into some of this other stuff that you guys have started doing lately that you weren't doing before, especially on the sour side with the, the Berliners and the, uh, I guess, have you done anything that isn't a Berliner on the sour side so far? We haven't released anything that is not a Berliner. Okay. 
Let's go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty short rabbit hole. We haven't released anything that isn't Berliner yet. Let's just say side. that people should pay for me to go to Europe more often. So, I'm not sure what it has to do with anything. I think that goes without saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm thinking more on the, on the on the barrel side of things. Is there something in barrels that you would not then put one of your stouts in that same barrel? Oh, I would never I put anything in afterwards. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it's it's uh, something I've wanted to do for a while, and uh, we've got we've got an iron in the fire. How long has the iron been in the fire? <laughs> when was the last time I was in Europe? That was like eight, eight <laughs> months ago. <laughs> oh, it's like eight months, something like that. Um, it's just you know we're gonna see what happens. See where it goes. Well, and it, it's it's a side of Listerman that we have not really got to see mm-hmm. yet, and um, that could be really fun to see what that is. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna. You know, it, it, I mean, it it's definitely one of my bigger passions, uh, kind of the wood and, and bacteria and mixed culture there, um, and uh, we just don't really have the space or the ability to handle a lot of it. So we're just gonna see where it goes, and uh, if it's up to snuff, uh, you'll see something, and if not, you'll have to wait longer. So let's let's talk about the the space side of things a little bit too. Um, <laughs> there, the it, it was it, it was it was made pretty clear that you guys don't have as much space as you would probably like. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when the the quarter barrel space up in Hamilton came up, you were one of the breweries that um, put in a I guess a bid is a bid the right word yeah. a uh, yeah, yeah sounds about um, right to to get that space. Um, which I, I, I don't think we can say who got it. I don't think they've released the, the press release yet, so I don't know if we can say. But We, um, we haven't named names all year. I don't know why <laughs> we'd start now. But I, th- I think it was supposed to be announced this month. So I, I don't know. I, you guys did not end up in that space. I, ho- I heard rumors that that was not the end of discussions, though. You were just a rumor machine, aren't That's you? That's what I do. Yeah, I got a whole <laughs> list of them. Um, I assume that the hunt still continues to expand what uh, Listerman is as far as space? Is that a good roundabout way to ask the yeah, question? Yeah, I'll say sure, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're I mean, we're definitely looking to expand. Would expansion, is expansion so... <laughs> that was exactly the answer he was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> we see a lot of different ways that places are expanding into, uh, be it another <clears throat> smaller tap room kind of atmosphere, um, places that go into a big kind of production space that uh, just increases the, the, the production to much bigger levels. Um, quarter Barrel would not have been a huge jump in production for mm-hmm. you guys. Um, is that the direction that you lean? Is something that still has the same feeling, kind of smaller, kind of yeah, very much what Listerman I is can today, or more in the production? I mean, I can talk about this entirely without you know. It, it, I think you look at the market in general. Um, anyone who's really trying to push distro as a new place, or <laughs> your focus is distro, you're going to have a very, very hard time. I mean, you mm-hmm. look at the way the game's gone. Um, we have seventy three hundred plus breweries across uh, the nation now uh, that's still going to grow um, and you only have so much shelf space um, so yeah like uh, certainly our plan will we'll probably never to be a very big production facility by any means we're most likely going to expand um, small tap rooms gastro pubs stuff like that um, and it's just like and, and you see the success of those models versus other ones 
like those models aren't shutting aren't shuttering their doors the other ones are right um, so I mean it's never we'll never have that unless something drastically changes and the, the way the distribution works drastically changes which I sincerely doubt you know that's never going to be our plan so when you talk about Gastro Pub, would your partners be interested in expanding as well, or can you speak what to that? Partners, yeah. um, the food. Is they, they're, we don't have. We're still employee and family owned. Okay. Um, so Renegade is not part of our business. So I think you assume, like they're they're a landlord leasey operation. Yeah. Um, so no, we would want to create a different experience. Okay. Than what um, we have here. Uh, I think this is kind of its own destination spot, and we mm. kind of create another different def- definition destination spot, so you can kind of get a different experience um, at each individual place. Does Listerman, as a company, want to get into the food business? <sighs> yes and no. Uh, I think to fully have, uh, if you're kind, of, if you're opening up a, a, a tap room or brewery without food, now it's kind of you know, not very smart. Um, can only rely on food trucks for so long, especially with the Cincinnati weather. You just don't know what's happening. So um, any place that we do open would have some food and co- uh, component to it. Uh, are we looking forward to that? I've never run a restaurant before, so it terrifies the hell out of me. Um, but uh, a wise man who's sitting at the upper part of this room once said, uh, if some, if you're doing something that doesn't scare you a little bit, then you're not doing it right. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's more excitement than it is being scared, but I'm still scared a little bit nonetheless. Sure. I mean, I think that's, I think that's a good answer to it. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a healthy response. I mean, you, like you said, you don't have the, the necessary experience. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't oh, want to, I can't assume that I understand how the right. restaurant works without. Y'all are also drinking the, uh, I've had it. Yes. Um, I'll just stop yeah. there instead <laughs> nah. of the whole. Go Wait, for it. So it's child friendly show. The full name of this beer. Andy Foltz, do you wanna I've had it with the motherfucking IPAs from this motherfucking brewery. I was And the can art was I was expecting fantastic. a better Samuel L. Jackson impression yep. on that. Shit. <laughs> There's only a baby here. So like <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm not worried about that. Baby. Um, we did. Um, we did say. Yeah, we we just, did mention on the show on Friday that you guys were one of the most family-friendly breweries in Cincinnati. Oh, by the way, so <laughs> I I put out a uh, a poll today um, after the show went live um, to see how people felt about dogs in breweries and uh, kids in breweries. And dogs was overwhelming. It was like I, I it's broadcasting Periscope, so I can't look at the actual numbers, but um, it was like. 98% or something people like dogs and breweries and the other two people didn't. <laughs> and then um, kids was like almost 50-50 by the end of the day with people that want kids in their brewery and people that don't. But Meh. So just and after that's that's just today so that may shift yeah. and change. By the and end. the whole dogs things we would love we had dogs here but yeah. it's just a health code violation and yep. we don't want the kitchen to be shut down over that so they're allowed on the patio have at it. Mm-hmm. And as far as kids go you know we're a family run company you know it's that I don't ever intend to change and uh, have allowing children here. It just, right. you know, that's who, it's good to be responsible. Yeah. That's all. Like, well, just don't, that's all. You know, I think, I think our final uh, say at the end of the show was don't be an asshole mm-hmm. and don't let your kids be an asshole. Don't let your dog be an asshole. If yeah, it's right. a dog brewery, don't let your friends that you bring with you be assholes. Just don't. Well, be an we asshole. did have a little discrepancy on that. That's true. Cause, Cause then, then like none of my friends could come to breweries. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> we did that. So We're okay with that. Speak well. Actually speaking, there's one at the bar. So, 
so tell me a little bit about this one. Um, it is a New England. Is it a New England IPA? Because it's it's a little more on the uh, little drifts away from the fruit as much and kind of gets into the the danky kind of side of things. Oh, I mean it's. Um, I still don't know it, what makes a New England IPA, what makes a I hazy think IPA. That what makes is a really the, the crux flower. right there. <laughs> flower. Get out of here. Um, I do. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head a little bit there. Um, I think there's certain certain people assume certain things about a style that I think is still very much in flux to a degree. Um, I mean, because you could look back at some of the progenitors of the style, like you know the Alchemist and what they're doing there. There we go. There's um, a new word on the show. And. Uh, <laughs> And you know, I would argue that those beers are very much different than things you know, like Hofarted in Ohio really kind of made it, you know, Hazy's, you know, New England sort of like known. Um, and I would definitely say that you look at the Alchemist versus Hofarted; those are they're different beers. Yes. Um, so yeah, so like, do you want to? Are we looking at it through the lens of uh, traditionally this is what has been doing, or are we looking at it? Yeah, this is an amorphous style that is still finding exactly how to define itself um, and and what exactly counts or does not count um, because you know I, I personally posit that there's a whole I mean there's so many hops and not every hop is going to present purely fruity or citrusy right um, and I think that can still fit within the style I, I really believe you're kind of looking at you're looking at protein contents you're looking at specific ways of approaching water profiles that are far more important uh, than you know like smashing a bunch of hops together um so i i really think you know the new england style can encompass a lot more hops and some people you know just approach it's going to be you know citrus uh citrus tangerine pineapple maybe you know like uh yeah it, it's just it hasn't solidified um i mean beer itself is kind of hard to define even though you have some people do a very good job trying to do it, and but it's usually in the context of tradition. Um, America is uh, very good at taking tradition and innovating over and over and over and over and over. Uh, so I really like I look at the New England style and I go, "Yep, like someone did New England style plus, and then someone took that and did New England style plus plus." Right. Um, so I, yeah, like I, I think uh, there's a very broad, there's a very open canvas when it comes to this style of beer, and like I don't think it's it should be. Some people will definitely disagree with me, but I don't think it should be considered absolutely inappropriate to say you have some, like, uh, piney character to this. I think it's just, is it, is it good? Is it an effective vehicle for what you're doing with the hops? I don't know that I can argue with that. Well, it's because you don't understand all the words he used. Yeah, that's the first time I had to Google something come, today. Every, everybody come to Listerman for the beer, stay for the vocab lessons. Yeah. Jared, just get Jared going. But and you're good to go you, the rest of the night. You actually used a really good example from, from my mind with Alchemist because mm-hmm. I really, really love Alina. But I think Alina from them has some characteristics, like you said, that are both. Yep. The New England style and a West Coast style, which is part of the reason I love the beer. I think Treehouse, too. Treehouse is, Treehouse does is well. doing stuff that is, I would say, a lot of people would say, like, that's not a New England because it's not purely citrusy. And, like, I mean, they're from New England. Technically, it should be yeah. quite considered a New England. Exactly. It just, it just goes back to that conversation we constantly have on the show that styles sometimes don't really mean anything. Like, just tell me, tell me some flavor 
characteristics of the beer. Tell me <laughs> you know, a little bit how it was made and let me roll on that. And He's been campaigning for this for a uh, uh, I don't like beer styles. And I don't know. Forever. I feel weird to get rid about of the I feel beer like style. nobody agrees with me. And I'm like, it, yeah, it, it's it not that we don't. Me, it drives I, me crazy. I don't, it's not that nobody agrees with you. I just don't think anybody's really ready to pull the trigger on that for their, <laughs> I don't think for their board. Be ready is there that. a difference? I think there you, is. You can agree and still not go forward with something. <laughs> yeah. Like you, you can agree that Liverpool's a good team and still not, oh, you know, support them, right? Because <laughs> I, take I the don't bait. support. Don't take the bait. <laughs> <laughs> don't take that bait. Come on. Anyways, um, yeah, I think uh, I think there's benefit. And, uh, it's sort of there's benefits to trying to define a style, um, especially in, in association to. I mean, we we do this thing in across the world in general. Like we try to say this is the best of this. Right. Um, you know, we have these competitions, you know, like, you know, people recently, like, you know, I was looking on social media, people are like, you know, oh, we got some medals, cool, like, yeah. Um, and it's, it's, in certain aspects, it's good to have people who are trying to define these things. And in other aspects, say, like, pure, pure market, just like, what are people buying in the marketplace? I don't think it matters. People are going to buy what they think think is good. It's like you know a hedonistic scale versus something that you're trying to base use some some empirical data. Um, you know, at the end of the yeah. day, if what people are drinking isn't that isn't that the isn't that the goal though? Keeps the lights on. I mean, it, I don't know. I just I it seems crazy to me to see people who will walk into a brewery and say they look at that tap list and they see that this is called a new and they're like, oh, I don't like fruity hops. I don't want that. And then turn around and buy, it. and and they'll find something they like, and it's not the end of the world. Yep. But they just missed out on this experience of something that they might have really liked, and might have pushed them into the more fruity side of things. Because yeah. there is some fruit going on here, but mm-hmm. um, it, but it's, know, it's it's softer. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not like a fruit beer. It's not even like the um, bowl crusher. Yeah. But everybody everybody comes into things with this this picture in their head of what it is everybody mm-hmm. thinks that they know in their head what what a new england ipa tastes like what a stout tastes like what a berliner tastes like <coughs> mm-hmm. everybody's yeah. got some picture already every one of us has a sure. picture of that and and my definition would be a little different with for me with the new england's i don't necessarily think about the flavor so much as i think it's a softer right mm-hmm. beer that the flavors are a little more subtle yep but i, I think water profile is a, a huge yes. component of the difference between the west coast and in the East Coast or New England. Uh, what What is this hopped with? So, yeah, the, kind of was going to get back to that one. Uh, so, you know, kind of why I think you're getting the the weirdness, as it were, uh, as, as, as sort of what, quote-unquote, traditional New Englands would be. Uh, there's that Simcoe character. Um, and then you could possibly get a little bit from Mosaic that's a little of that dank mm-hmm. uh, going on. But So, it's Vic Secret, Simcoe, uh, Mosaic, which uh, just makes a phenomenal combination. Um, you know, it, it's got some depth of character to it. Um and uh, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, something we've been sitting on for a while, and just kind of wanted to bust it out. We knew it was going to be really tasty, um, so we uh, did the label with it for I fun. Have, I, I appreciate the beer name and the label. Oh, the so label's much. outstanding. Um, appreciate it. How much time goes into coming up with the next uh, the next recipe versus the next name? God, names or I don't know. Like, okay, Do you guys so this, just have like a big list somewhere beer, of things that you. This beer started out. Our, our kind of um, proto, uh, the prototype name for this beer was "Hold On to Your Bugs," <laughs> and then we cu- started talking about the branding on it, and then it just kind of got to the point where just like, so that movie should have ended with with you know Sam Jackson's character murdering every dinosaur on the island, um, and we're just like you with know a, with a lightsaber. With a, I mean, well, yeah, 
Yes, absolutely. How, how, how do you, I mean, how that do you murder dinosaurs? That would have been a way better movie. Let's just be real about that. Um, not to say um, Jurassic Park, great movie. I mean, but um, so we just uh, kind of riff off each other. We go places. Uh, we we talk. We bring a lot of people into our discussions. Basically, someone's walking by, like, "Yo, what do you think about this?" And we're like, "Ah," and we're like, "All right, cool," <laughs> and we'll just kind of keep going with it. And uh, yeah, it just ended up. Yeah, we started off at some Jurassic Park reference, and ended up with that. <laughs> Do you guys get ideas? So I, you guys work really closely with Tommy Long at Lemon Grenade. Do you get ideas from them too, as far as that goes? We basically go. This is what we're thinking. Is this possible? <laughs> and then he'll be like, "All right, cool. Like, what about this? If it's just like over so over the top, it's like this can't happen." So he'll he'll rein us in a little bit on, or him and his team will rein us in on uh, what is possible. Uh, but in I think in general, most things are fully in, in house overall aside from the little things here and there um, where they'll, they'll have a little bit more insight about how it can be done or sh- how it should be done and there are other times it was like kind of like here's the vague idea follow your joy and some, <laughs> and we get some cool, cool stuff out of that as well Tommy does great work he does he does yeah. um, let's drink it so the, the last time I would, had Tommy on the show we were out at Municipal and he had a big list of things that uh, he, he could talk about and things that he wasn't allowed to talk about. I've never seen somebody come on the show more nervous that he was going to make somebody mad and talk about something he wasn't allowed <laughs> no to talk about. No one listens to this anyway, so it doesn't really matter. It's like nine people, I think. And like four of those are me. <laughs> Damn. I listen to several different platforms I was, at the same time. I was going to say three of them are sitting at the table. <laughs> Jason. <laughs> Every week. <laughs> I call BS. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about this beer. This beer... Um, is one of those trendy over the top kind of uh, sure uh, I would I would say this this beer was probably Jared's biggest um, I don't want to say regret but mishap in, in since he's been at Listerman because this was 100% his suggestion yeah and was. I was just like fuck yeah let's do it and then it came down to the execution. We're like, we're going to do what with what? I was like, well, we already promised it. And he's like, God dang it. Uh, so I mean, it's it's not like it's hard. It's this just this is the pride beer. A long time. Time. It was, yeah, yeah, pride beer, and it was just super way more labor intensive than we thought it was going to, and time intensive than we thought it was going to be. Yeah. And, uh, Made with a literal ton of twenty seven hundred pounds. Yeah, twenty seven hundred wow. pounds. And I mean, if you try it, I think it's it just nails it. It's crazy how mm-hmm. well this beer turned out. Smells like melted sherbet. Yep, sherbet. It looks sherbet. like it too. Yeah, it does. Very much so. Could have turned way uglier. Oh, I, I was damn impressed with it when I tried it. Honestly. Um, yeah, it's just. I mean, I, oh my god, yeah. It drinks aside <laughs> yeah. from a little oh bit of warming god. you get on the initial sip or two before your body acclimates. That's it's just like twelve point two percent alcohol. No, see, I, did, you I can't don't tell. get any of that alcohol yeah, at you all. You can't tell it's at all. Freaking dangerous. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> That's yeah. that's really really awesome. It, it, I don't know if the fact that it's so like you, you tell somebody what it is, it sounds so ridiculous. If that makes it even better when you finally try it, or mm-hmm. wow, that's yeah. really good. Here, I told you do an orange one next. I, I'll finish that one. I for mean, you. there is orange in there. No, like an orange sherbet <coughs> Berliner. Oh, we're not doing rainbow. Rainbow. Jesus. Yeah. No, uh, I need a whole <laughs> flight of them of the different flavors. Oh, oh, I like that. I like that idea. 
You can like it. <laughs> I was waiting for Jared to possibly commit to something right there. Uh, yeah, so it was just you know just a fun kind of crazy idea we had, and it just one of those things that you know just again we have such a great team in place for the execution, and it just seemed to seemed to work. Like who would have thought that we'd be brewing with one ton of ice cream in it? it <laughs> yeah, I remember studying beer. about it in school, uh, how to process sherbet. Brewing with dairy, one hundred and one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and weird kind of uh, emulsifying agents and whatever. Jeez. Well, y- there's a lot of places that have done ice cream beers, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's 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 great and it's it's fun. But there's not a lot of places that have done something like this. True. <laughs> Where it's uh, it's it, it, it toes both of those lines of being an ice cream beer and that you're just using an obscene amount of ice cream, but yep. it also really does taste like a big scoop of mm-hmm. sherbet and Sher- also just sher- like to sherbet sherbet uh, just touch back on the i mean why we did it because uh, i really yeah. feel that's really the more important reason of why why it happened um you know uh, for pride uh, month um you know we kind of worked with uh, a couple uh, people uh worked with uh, women help the women and check out um to kind of bring this to the um, you know, to the forefront um, and uh, kind of help highlight um, how far you know this nation has has made strides in you know quality for everyone and based around who they love because I mean that should shouldn't be a hard issue it, it shouldn't <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a lot of issues that uh, should not be hard issues that for mm. some reason seem to uh, have turned into very difficult ones in this country for God knows what reason. Yep. But that's enough about distribution laws. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, can we shift gears and Absolutely. go back to that design side of things? And mm-hmm. one of the topics that I've talked to a lot of people about recently is kind of that line of um, intellectual property. And you guys do toe that line um, very well, and I think in a lot of cases, of, of playing around and being... Um, playing with pop culture references and things like that, but not going too over the top like we've seen some other places do. How do you how do you do that, or do you guys kind of lean more on Tommy and Lemon Grenade to kind of keep you guys on that track when you do have some kind of crazy off the wall idea that might be, you know, the Fruity Pebbles is a great example. You could have gone well, a lot of directions with that. It's mm. kind of just like you know, it's a it's a kind of a group effort, but it's it's like you know it when you see it. We'll say you know similar but different. And so you know it's similar, but you also know it's different. So it's, you know, it's, I don't know how else to explain it. We just ask for it to be similar, but different. And uh, they're pretty good at, you know, everyone knows the classic brands anyway. So they're pretty good at, you know, making sure that we'd be covered under parody law. Right. Yeah. I guess that (laughs) nails it. (laughs) Let's drink another beer. Yeah. Uh, what is this? What this is the brownies? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Made with uh, phase three, out of uh, Illinois. Yep. And okay, so this one you guys made with our brownies brownie are made mix? with love. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was the full name is our brownies 50, are made with love. So fifty pounds of mix, I think, went into this off the top of my head. Um, and then just lots, lots more chocolate and vanilla mm-hmm. went in. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's fudgy. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Glad you like it, man. Oh, man. That's really good. Uh, so this one was released in bottles. 
Turns was out. sold out and how quickly? 46, 40, right? 45 minutes-ish. Yeah. 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 I think I, I still our, our, our best one was 23 minutes with the triple stuffed or stuffed yeah. or whatever, whatever we call that. I remember. Yeah. Um, That's wow. Really, I barely remember names, by the way. Damn. Super fudgy and then finishes real bitter and chocolate. Yeah. Oh, man, that's awesome. See, that, that bitterness is, like we were talking last week, that bitterness offsets the sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, that makes it work to me. But, yeah, that is super sweet. That's a really good dessert beer there. Thanks. Yeah, we like, brewed that with our friends over at Phase 3, mm-hmm. uh, Sean and Evan. They're making some delicious, and Sean's been making great beer Where are they for a long of? time. Uh, they're contract brewing out of a place in Illinois. Uh, right now while they get their feet on the ground to, to open up their own place. Mm. Uh, he was at Moore before that and Ram before that, and we kind of met him from when they were working together at Ram, or not working together, when they were working at Ram. Uh, we met them at Fobab and just kind of stayed in touch over the years and, and uh, yeah, just became good friends over the years and finally got together to make this delicious beer. That's really, really good. That's, that's fun. Again, fits that... that and I don't know what that Listerman thing is, but it. Yeah, that definitely is. A, that's one of those beers like we talked about that you could drink, take a drink, and be like, "Yeah, that's a Listerman beer." Yeah. What? Right there. How do you define Listerman beer? If if you had to try to kind of describe to somebody, I would say you know, I'm a bit biased, but no. I would say you know it's it's going to be a, it's going to be a very good beer. So if it's if you have something that you don't think it's very good, it's probably not ours. <laughs> That's just being who's, honest. If you try it and it's not very good, uh, whose would you think it was? Uh, <laughs> really? Come on, really? It's you want a shot to see if I can one day get somebody. To it's name one of the uh, 7,299 other breweries out there. Uh, no, but I just you know I think that you know Jared is. Jared and his team are just excellent at what they do and the execution they make on these beers is you know you may not like the style but you're never going to think it's not quality no. sounds good how do you um, how do you come into a place like Listerman you you you, you came in from the outside world Canada of right Cincinnati right <laughs> and, um, how do you come into a place like Listerman that has this 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 personality in mm. in the place and in the beer too and how do you kind of assimilate to that in some way while still giving it these new spins that bring new life to things well i mean honestly it's just kind of my approach to beer in general um i mean it wouldn't even wouldn't even have had been list would have been any place i walk into that had whoa. history whoa. <laughs> i'm just saying he almost lost me to boston whoa um and uh you know like especially if a place is doing something well. Um, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, that's not to say I haven't mm-hmm. altered things for the better over time, um, especially, I mean, there wasn't a ton of looking at water chemistry when I came in here. Um, and I've definitely made sure to do what I can with that to improve the products that we have. Um, but in general, like, yeah, with Chacao, it's like if you, it, it's working. In that case, it's mm-hmm. working. Like, there's no reason to sincerely alter these beers by any means. Um, you know, you're just going to upset your, your audience, you know, and that, that's foolish. Um, is, there, is there some amount of ego that wants to kind of tweak things that you think could be improved about them, though? I mean, I have, I have an ego. I mean, I, I, all of my guys have egos, and I, and I love that. And I want them to have the ego because that means you have pride in what you're right. doing. Um, and the only, the only other side of that you also have to have is you need to know when to keep that in check. Um, so especially you know, for me walking into here, like, yes, I, my, my intention was to 
do what I want to do as a brewer. Um, but it's also you have to understand that just because you want to do something doesn't mean it's going to be the correct thing to do for the business. Um, yeah, and as much as I'm a romantic and a dreamer uh, when it comes to brewing and, and my love affair with the history and tradition and innovation that brewing encompasses, um, it's a business. You know, like, this is how I make my money. This is how all of our employees make a living. Um, you know, and, and that, I mean, if you really want to be serious about being in this business, you have to understand that. Um, you know, it's not just about mm-hmm. having an ego and being like, I'm going to do what I want because I know, I know I'm right. Um, it's about, we have to understand what's going on in our marketplace. What are, what do people want? What do they want to buy? Um, and once you have enough, you know, brands and, uh, beers that people are willing to buy from you, then you can start doing some of the, the weirder stuff that you know, isn't going to sell. Um, or it's a harder sell, a little bit more education uh, to communicate to your audience about why they should like it or why they might be interested. Um, yeah, I mean, it's you just got to temper yourself, um, and you got—I mean, you got to stay relevant, you got to stay interested, and you, you got to keep the lights on. When it comes to what Noam was talking about with the, the core brands that maybe you walked into, do does playing with variants? kind of satisfy that need to create or maybe put your own mark on that i mean variants are they can be fun especially you know i think beer is very much a culinary um medium um so i think you know people who cook a lot and are just good chefs like honestly probably make good brewers because uh, it's, it's all you're just playing with flavor um so yeah i mean it is a way to be creative um and and kind of scratch that itch as well as well as you know having an identity that people understand what it is and you know so it's like a lot it needs technically an easier sell at that point you know i think when we've done a couple of fiona versions um that have been received better or worse um but yeah i mean it's it's a way to make you know to to not have people be palate tired of particular brands um and you know fiona is a beer i love because uh, it's not a too big ipa it's not a too small ipa um, and it's using very classic American hops that are still vibrant and relevant, um, and people still love them, and it, it just drinks really well. When you look at the craft beer uh, landscape of today, it's very different than um, when you got into brewing, very different than when Listerman started brewing here. It, what gets you excited about the way things have changed, and what gets you not so excited about the way things have changed i have the same answer for both it's how many sharks i can jump (laughs) is it possible to like in in something that 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 in a place that is designed to always be shifting and changing can you really jump the shark though or is a shark jumping us (laughs) is it all about just jumping back and forth over the shark Um, and sometimes jumping on and riding him and Shit, that is a beer name. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's flux. Everything is flux. Um, you know, I kind of look at the marketplace and, uh, you know, there, there's the idea of the pendulum. And it swings back and forth between extremes and sort of the in-between at those extremes. Um, so, you know, give us five years and uh, best-selling beer on, on the market is going to be a classic Bohemian Pilsner. 
I keep hearing that. You know, and, uh, it's, it, it just depends. I mean, um, I think with each kind of uh, generational cohort that starts coming online, being of age to drink. Um, I think the company that, that makes the best-selling beer on the market would say it is a classic Bohemian Pilsner, actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think generational shifts are going to occur, and, and I, I believe... Uh, especially kind of with the uh, new West Coast, East Coast uh, IPA debate, uh, we 100% saw a generational shift happen where you have newer drinkers coming in. I mean, I, I remember I when I first started drinking IPAs, West Coast, I didn't like them. I don't right. think very few people I know picked up a their first like super West Coast style IPA and was like, this is my jam. No, we had, we had to educate ourselves. You know, we had to kind of smash her face in that style a bunch of times and be like oh wait I'm, I see the nuance and I see the value here now um, and and I think so once that became super popular you had the people coming in from you know a younger generation and sort of like you know, the thing that's old is, is lame you know the thing that the the, the the currently popular thing for you know like kind of like the younger audience is going to be they're going to reject it I mean it's, it's what we did to, to you know yuppie culture um, you know, I'm a, I'm a low 30 something. Um, and, and, you know, I 100% followed the rest of my cohorts and was just like, yep, I want authenticity. I want from the table. I want all this stuff because it was kind of rejecting that, that 80s excess culture that we saw and saw as inauthentic. You, you, um, can, you can reject things for so long, though, before you just kind of. Oh yeah, you give in. I mean, the the, the hippies. End of the day, Reagan everything's office, parody. You know, like it just. You know, you eventually you just yep. take a step back and you know what? Like this is what I want. Yeah. End of the day, everything's parody to some degree. Uh, you know, sort of the, the cosmic joke kind of uh, idea. But yeah, I, I, I you know, seeing, I, I see, I saw that as a very big driver of why these beers suddenly exploded, because you had you know young twenty somethings coming in who were excited about beer. And you had this this beer that it didn't have that stringent bitterness. You didn't have to drink a ton of them to be like, wait, I actually like this. You could just walk into an IPA and go like, this tastes fruity and, and, and sweet mm-hmm. and not bitter, and like this is my jam. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it makes a ton a ton of sense why these things became biz, big business. Um, I mean, it's just like the the kind of the price that price for entry on it is way lower. Is there something about craft beer that by it's nature it's a it's about kind of rebelling against something else you know it's it be it you know getting a big hoppy west coast ipa when everything that's on the shelf is you know macro light american lager versus you know or getting new england ipas when everything on the shelf is big hoppy bitter ipas is it is it just always about being that next step of counter to what is popular i don't know if it's a counter to what's popular but it also it could be that depending on how i'm about to describe this is i just think it's human nature to go against what is always available scarcity so you know you look at what's out there how many new england ipas are available on the shelf year-round there's not many um so it's kind of like an economic theory you know yeah it's scarcity you can't you can't find it therefore you want it all the time you're going to overvalue that thing and soon enough, you know, New England IPAs will be on the shelves everywhere, and then people will move on to the next thing that's not on the shelves everywhere, and that's craft lagers because it takes too much time. And it's going to be brute. It's uh, it's not going to be brute. Still don't understand no. brute. It's going to be brute. <laughs> it's nope. not going to be brute. It's um, Saison IPAs. 
<laughs> Wait a minute. I'm in this on is that. what I put up with every day. I'm in on that. <laughs> I like that. So I just think it's kind of, you know, that that scarcity of not being able to get it is what's driving a lot of the success of it. And it I means it's delicious, too. That that helps. You know, you can't you used to not be able to find brewed IPAs in the shelves. And now that you can and no one's still drinking them uh, <laughs> because they're just fine. Um, they're great. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. OK, I, I had a pretty good one last week, but mm. I think uh, specifically uh, I think you brought you brought up the whole reasoning why when you kind of asked the question. I think, because I don't know if you see it entirely across the world, I think the question that you're asking is very specific to America, Um, and I think that has a lot to do with sort of the behemoths that existed prior, you know, the the macro loggers that you were talking about. We don't do anything little here. Yeah. (laughs) We... we. So... (laughs) In a way, the craft industry kind of is. Maybe not as an industry, but a lot of breweries did start. Very little, very neighborhood. But the product itself wasn't. The product itself was not, hey, I'm going to open a little version of these big breweries. It was, I'm going to take everything that they do and just completely blow it out of the water. You know, flavor and presentation, so you're, experience. Okay, so and you're all going with big for flavor experience, yeah. for all not that stuff. Okay, yeah. Yeah. not the actual physical. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking I think yeah, in terms of production. A Sorry. really great example of of that is you look at the origins of Stone, and Stone absolutely made their business model. We are the exact opposite of these people over here that you've been your your mom and pop been drinking for sixty years. And we're not that. Right. Uh, I also want to kind of touch back on what you we talked about earlier before Jared talked for like 45 minutes about... Uh, <laughs> hey, you asked if I wanted to talk. Uh, I did. You. This, is the, this, is, this would have been like a half hour. Now it's going to be like four. Um, <laughs> but you asked, you know, what trends do you like and what, you, what don't you like? And I think the trend, you know, the untapped culture is something that uh, I really do not like. Um, it's something that I actively participate in because I keep track of all the beers I drink. But, you know, everyone always asks me, like, what's your favorite beer? And, you know, my answer is always the cold one right in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that enough people feel that way. Mm-hmm. Or it's everybody, not about. Everybody says it, but I feel like nobody really grasps what right. that means and understands that that's it's not it's not bullshit like it's 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 about the experience it's about so yep. many other things that go into what this beer is yeah know? and I, people are just worried about getting that next tick and that next high badge high rated um, they're badge hunters get those yeah. whales instead of instead of beer drinkers they become badge hunters i agree with you 100 percent. there's there's to the a, point i deleted untapped because i got so tired of being that person and being that worried about it and I also found that the second time around, or maybe the third time around, I might get something different from the beer because I had eaten right. something different that yep. day because the experience was different, whatever, or hell, it's just a different batch. Yep. So the ratings, I, you know, when I started adjusting ratings on beers, I thought, this is stupid. Why am I doing this? And I totally agree with you. I think that culture is bad for the craft industry, honestly. It so. is... So they'll never sponsor the show now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they'll call us in another three days asking us to sponsor. Or, uh, yeah. Shout out to, them to Greg Avola, who's exactly. been on the show and was wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> we, we still love you, Untapped. <laughs> oh, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily it's not the, them. It's the, the business. The, it's, no, it's the yeah. culture that it creates. It's, exactly. it's, but it's, it's a bigger culture than just beer. It's, it's the culture of sure. who we are now with social media and everything. It's uh, my opinion, yeah. me, 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 me thing. Yep. It, uh... I would actually super love to see Untapped 
tried to do, and I don't know if it would be successful or if it's possible, to give some kind of structure to the rating system. Per be like, yes. hey, this is like yeah. kind of look at BJCP. Just put your BJCP um, or or a Cicerone guidelines on the beer and go. This is this is our suggestion on how to rate these beers. Um, yeah, yeah, so that somebody that I, doesn't like yeah. a West Coast IPA doesn't drink a wonderful one and say, mm-hmm. "Yeah, it's a one. I don't like the style." Because you know, you know, I, you look at some of the the pillows. Bud Light out Orange three point seven five. But are yeah. people, the elder, 1. Are people coming in here and sitting at the right. bar and pulling up untapped and using it to make their yes. decision on what they order? Yes. I mean, like every that, every bar I've worked, no. That to me is crazy. Like that's that's more the issue to me than people running around saying what they love or what they don't love and being crazy See, about I, it. I, I don't necessarily if, I know why if I do agree you take with, their opinion into I don't know if I agree with you I think I think it, it helps with decision making you know especially in craft beer like it does serve a service you know especially with craft beer there's so many decisions in front of you and you just want something to help make your decision yes, easier I agree so with that. you know if you have six New England IPAs on tap or four New England IPAs on tap what is an unbiased way to figure out which one's best if you only have time for one you know <laughs> it's just it, and I agree with it at some point um, that it is useful in that, so I'm not totally against people using it for that sort of thing. But it's but just like the beauty of Untapped. If if you want to take people's opinion, if you're not sitting next to people that have tried the beer and you can't take their opinion, yep. you can jump on there and look at your friends and see what they've said about sure, it. Sure, correct. And you know them, and you know kind of how they rate stuff and right, how yep. their what their opinion means. But the the bigger picture of the world at large, of you know, you look at that overall rating. That doesn't mean anything to me because I don't know that big Correct. group of people that did that. You know, that's that's more of where I lean toward. Like, I, I may look at a friend of mine that rated it and see what I've, they said. I've seen it from being on that side of the bar. I have seen it many, many times where somebody goes, you make a recommendation and say, I know you. You come in here and drink here, and you're not going to like that. And they're like, yeah, but it got a 4.25 on untapped, so I'm drinking it. All right. And then three drinks later, they're like, you were right. Yeah, well, you know, whatever. <laughs> but go with untapped by all means. I mean, well, that's, day, that's obviously you got to use your resources yeah. to like know what resources are there for. Like right. when I, you know, when I'm looking at Untapped, you know, I look at you know, give a ratings a view. My ratings, uh, uh, the minimum rating I use is probably way lower than what. If it's like a three six, I'll still drink it, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure a lot of people are like, if it's below a three nine or four, right. they're yeah. not going to touch it. So you know, I, it's just it's just all about how you use the tool mm. um, versus you know just one landing it. And it's just interesting to look at certain styles, um, and you're, you're never going to say anything above four. Yeah, um, that's it's, true it's, too. It's very, if it had more structure, I feel it could be a much more valuable tool. I mean, for our side, for for a brewer's side, it'd be a much more more much more valuable tool for us if there was some kind of structure to the rating system. I mean, we definitely use it as a metric. Um, you know, looking at what seems to be popular, what does not seem to be doing well. Um, and honestly, like when people put a little blurb on that is somewhat constructive, like, yes, I like, I like seeing that. Um, that's going to give me some indication like, Hey, if it, you know, like you poured out a beer and it was super foamy, it's like, cool. That might indicate to me that I have some issues with fermentation or I've got an infection or something. Um, so like, I really appreciate the people who take a little bit more time to actually write some kind of, you know, criticism or praise or something that describes the actual function of the beer aside right. from just like this is good or like this is yeah. bad this beer sucks it tastes like pickles or it's like i hate pilsners <laughs> or like I, know, I hate lagers this is a lager and you're like cool. <laughs> yeah 
Um, but I mean, end of the day, um, just drink what you like. Don't don't fucking worry about us. Well, no, I. But even that, like, don't just drink what you like. Just always be drinking and always be trying and always be like pushing Except yourself. Except when you're driving. These, don't right, drink and drive. Don't do it when you're driving. Uh, but. But I mean, like that's to me. That's 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 what craft. That's a big part of what craft beer is about. It's not just falling onto that thing that you know you love. Yeah. It's about always just trying new things and experimenting oh, yeah. and playing around and having fun with it. Which, and, like opening yourself up to something. Great segue. Great. <laughs> what is that? Grape that's segue. The, that's the yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> grape segue. So this one is uh, Mo's longest day grape lager. Yep. I figured that we needed to get that in there since we talked about loggers and mm-hmm. that doesn't that doesn't sound awesome to me. So that's a uh, that's where Heinz Gebot, um, you know. I like that classic German grape yeah. lager. <laughs> smells like grape juice. It's uh, <laughs> when I was a kid, my grandpa had an ice cream store, and my favorite thing was grape ice cream in a cup, and that's probably as close as i can get to that in a beer form so cool uh yeah here's to what, you grandpa what, co- <laughs> what color is that beer um hold that up to the line sewage <laughs> yeah for for everybody that's listening it's like um, take odd, a good look <laughs> odd blue i odd blue green yeah of. it's um it's colored murk purple s <laughs> purple esque yes purple esque yeah i i mean i see like. some some green tint maybe <laughs> i don't know but it doesn't matter yeah just drink it just drink it so starting with you jason where do you see all of this going uh craft beer listerman cincinnati where where which, take your take your pick which one take um, your pick Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Uh, I think it's Cincinnati and nationally are kind of the same thing. I think there's going to be more neighborhood breweries and less and less breweries to regionally distribute. I think if you look are looking to attack at the distribution game this late, you're probably going to fail um, unless you have a brand recognition um, built up in or come in with a bunch of money. Uh, even that's not guaranteed. But, um, you know, you try to build up that distribution game now probably not going to work so i see a bunch of neighborhoods that don't have breweries finally getting breweries and, and just becoming more of a like it's local now but it'll become more localized besides those select few kind of uh, other breweries that kind of transcend that sort of thing do you think that these neighborhoods will get their own new breweries or do you think it will be currently established breweries that are filtering into new neighborhoods uh both you know yeah. I, I don't know what i don't know what to expect from from breweries that that open there uh, it, it all depends on what the brewery's motive is if the, bre- the brewery's motive is to make money then they're going to fail uh, that's you know it's 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 they're they're fine now but you know give it another year if their intended goal is just to make obviously we're business we got to make money but if they're like hey we're going to we got to do this because we're going to make a bunch of money you're going to fail um, and I think that's kind of what's going to differentiate you know who goes into what neighborhood at that particular time if you're looking to go in a neighborhood just to make a bunch of money uh, you're probably going to fail but if you're looking to go in a neighborhood to have a business be an anchor of the community and be a part and involved then you're, then you're going to succeed can't both of those things coexist though? they can but it depends on what you're, where you're coming from 
if you're coming from the angle of wanting to you know be a pillar of the community wanting to, to kind of bring up some business around this community then yes you're going to make money and also succeed but if you're going in not really caring about the community you're just thinking it's like a hot right. spot and you right. just want to make money then you know you're probably going to fail in the long run because people will be, will be able to see through that you, you want to taste the community not taste the greed well, exactly I, and that's i think that you know people say that there there are places and we could all name names of places we feel this way about that came into this with the idea that this is a money-making venture because it's popular right now but i think there are some of those that still understand the core of what this is and can can still toe that line fairly successfully and 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 operate with the idea that i'm coming in here to make money but I'm still doing it the the right way. I, yeah, I, I would know. never it's, expect it's, a business to say like to say, "Oh, we're opening a business not to make money." That's obviously, mm-hmm. you know, not going to happen. But it's all about you know what your actual intentions are because you should assume that you're you don't go into business not to make money. You know, so it's it's just all about where your intentions are, and you know, people will eventually be able to see through that, and and they, you know, they crave authenticity, and you know, if you're able to give that to them, you'll be successful. Jared, what do you think? Uh, what was Cincinnati, the question again? Cincinnati, Jason, where, just where, talk where does it go? <laughs> <laughs> How's it feel? <laughs> oh, I'm fine. I just zoned out. It's like most of our meetings. He was watching snakes on a train on his iPad <laughs> or his uh, computer. All right, so uh, where where does Cincinnati go from here? Well, uh, Cincinnati becomes one of the best uh, beer comes, tourist destinations. Becomes? I, I mean, we, yeah, we got like two or three places ahead of us. But I think becomes one of the best, if not the best, uh, beer destination in the country. What do we have to do to become that? Just keep keep on doing awesome uh, stuff. I, I, it, it's that plus plus the locals kind of have to turn around. So we have, a, yeah, sure, local. You know, we have a lot of people on our side. Sure, uh, but there's locals a huge here. Yeah. But there's a lot of people that don't get behind a lot of other breweries that are doing really good stuff. And I feel like they're more interested in trying and in, in, in getting things from outside the city. That Again, we go back to, you know, is it scarce? And it's, it's getting those local people to really promote Cincinnati as this great beer city that has these great breweries. Not just, you know, one, two, or three breweries, but there's, there's all of these breweries here mm-hmm. that are great. Um, and it doesn't happen. There's a lot of local people that, you know, they'd rather drink beer from outside. Whatever they can trade for, they'll drink. Uh, and sprinkle in some of our stuff or some other very few other breweries here and they'll just complain and bemoan Cincinnati not having great stuff but I'd put a lot of the breweries here mm-hmm. up against a lot of you know sure we have the the A plus brewery each city has A plus breweries um, I'm not going to you know that there's just some breweries that make better beer than others there's A plus breweries in every city but if you look at the you know the the A at the, the shot notch down from the A plus brewery from top to bottom I'd put us up against, up against any city really out there you know, I, I agree with that. I don't think then. that I don't think that the local consumer in Cincinnati feels that way, and they they don't. They show it. Uh, they do buy a lot of local beer, but you know when they're talking about stuff online, when they're rating stuff, when they're when they're talking about Cincinnati beer, it's not. It's it's always about one or two breweries. Luckily, I feel like we're one of those. But at the same time, it's like you're not really doing a favor to the city as a whole by just talking about those one or two breweries and bemoaning the rest when they really make excellent beer that you just you'd rather trade for something else to get there's, that's similar that, that is extremely a, well said jason there's an obscene amount of uh, good beer in cincinnati mm-hmm. like even yes. even the, the breweries that are you know the, the the bottom end of that tier of cincinnati beer are still making good beer like there's some yep. really really good beer at just about any place you walk into and um 
I, I think there's not enough respect thrown to that. That's not the same in every city. You know, it's not no, the, it's not, not the same in a lot of cities. Yeah, I mean, we have an incredible brewing scene here. Uh, and it's just I'm gonna touch on it huge. again. I'm gonna touch on like you know you throw up one of the best five breweries in in Cincinnati in a Facebook group and you get uh, 50 people answer. You get 50 different orders on what the breweries are and people. People, I think people think of that as a slight when they should be thinking that as like an excellent representation of what Cincinnati yep. beer is, um, and they just they just don't. They, they might come in different orders, but you're probably going to get the same six or seven names to, because right. because of the people that are responding and and their tastes kind of go follow each other. You know, they chase mm-hmm. chase each other with trends. But a lot of it does. We talk about this all the time. Comes down to palate and preference. So yeah. if you're really into sours, man, urban and street side and, and some places like that are going to be up there. Mm-hmm. And you might leave out somebody else that's that is deserving, you know, of, of a place up there. So those are so subjective, man. Just yep. so subjective. But yeah, we just have really good, really great beer here, and uh, I think you kind of look at who's. Like how many awards Ohio period and how many awards Cincinnati has won across so many different brewing competitions and even even brewing competitions take a little bit of salt. Um, sure. But still, like, there's just incredible beer here, and I think people are becoming much more aware of it. And I, I really see, I really think uh, the city needs to focus on beer tourism. So, if you could give drinkers one one actionable thing that they can do to help that what is that was it talk to a chamber of commerce or just kind of talk to your politicians about it and i guess i guess that's how that goes um or start opening businesses that are in the beer tourism kind of sector um and encouraging getting it out here uh yeah i mean i would put us up against san diego portland um, you know, different parts of Maine, right. uh, Boston. You know, like we're we're up there. You know, uh, certain, you know, I forget what the major cities in Florida that have a like, nice nexus of everything going on. But I would put up it's against any city, and we have similar or same or higher quality. I think there's something weird about living in Cincinnati that you get used to kind of being mediocre on things so even when things are great you that's you. that's the Bengals fault <laughs> well that's what I mean that that's sports, exactly so where my mind goes is sports like you know you can have a championship team you're like yeah well there's next year and we're gonna lose <laughs> it's like there there there's something about this culture here that uh not just here I mean I think it spreads well, throughout the Midwest did, a lot did too. we talk about the Cincinnati inferiority complex on the show so. Maybe. So a, a friend of mine who um, is in, uh, in the media, he is an editor. He doesn't do a lot of writing, but he and I have discovered he's in the sports field. And that Cincinnati inferiority complex is very real because we really talked about it when the All-Star game was here. And people were coming in from all over the country, and there was a real spotlight on the city at that time. And most everything was very positive about the redevelopment downtown, about the ballpark and about the improvements there and about just the feel of the city and people were here and they were having fun and then everybody got their knickers in a twist about the fact that people from other parts of the country didn't like Cincinnati chili (laughs) and we're going who gives a shit 
seriously, they don't like your chili. And I'm going, first of all, Geta is way more Cincinnati than the chili anyway. True. But, you know, why do we care? And it, and he said it's because Cincinnati's got an inferiority complex. And that was a very, you know, just kind of a mic drop moment for me that that is very true. Why do you care? If you go to um, Chicago and you don't like a Chicago dog, they don't give a shit. They're still going to eat them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not trying to push you and say this is the right way to eat hot dog. They're like, you know, screw this you more our, for me. This is our hot dog. <laughs> so I don't know why, but it, and in, when you see it with the chili, then you start to see it with other things too. And there may be an element of that that carries over mm-hmm. to the beer community. I don't know why there would be, because like you said, I think we stack up top to bottom as good as anybody. Uh, you know, there's a lot of really good beers that are made here. There's a lot of really good beers made here that people don't talk about. Yep. Oh, yeah. But, you know, you guys also have people lining up for your beers for three hours before you, <laughs> you release them. So True. That's a hell we're, of a we're statement. We're very lucky. Yeah, we're very lucky. But, I mean, that that's a statement to me of the quality that we have here, and, and I don't understand why that, that inferiority complex bleeds over. Yeah, Mark Twain said, right? <laughs> Ten years delayed or something, something. <laughs> yeah, if yeah. the world ends, you want to be in Cincinnati because yep. it won't won't get there for ten years. <laughs> well, guys, thank you very much. Um, if the world is ending, I'm probably going to come to Listerman because there's at least supplies to make beer here. Yeah, and I can We've got a um, lot of entrances I can, and exits. I can I can rule my uh, my little community of uh, post apocalyptic survivors because yep. I will make some beer. I, I would just want to come hear his scientific explanation of it. So. Well, no, I'm taking him, too, for my community. <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, thanks for having us. Oh, thank you very no, much. Thank and you guys it, very much. I, I feel like it's absurd to say if you haven't been to Listerman, come to Listerman. That's usually what I tell people to do, but I feel like everybody knows Listerman in Cincinnati. Hey, even, Everybody's been here. And even if you've been, get back, because there's a lot of new things on the board. I mean, there's new things. I was here a week ago or 10 days ago, and there's new things on the board, so... Uh, things are always changing. And spread the word. Just tell everybody you know about uh, about what's happening at Listerman and in Cincinnati as a whole. You know, just do your part to help keep building this thing mm-hmm. that uh, we obviously all love. If you're listening to a podcast about Cincinnati <laughs> beer, you probably love Cincinnati beer. So, um, thank you guys. Thanks for uh, having thank us. You. People can find awesome you guys, guys on social media. I'm assuming at Listerman or Listerman Brewing, something like that. Something of that nature. If, if you type Listerman into something, you'll you'll probably find things. Um, and follow the show. Call the drunk line five six seven seventy drink and support us on Patreon. Patreon.com and get on early gnome and get on social media until Brian McGinnis to shave his beard. Oh, nah, yeah. oh gosh, <laughs> got, got it. <laughs> we didn't make any Grainworks references this time. <laughs>